Cosmos Science, news, magazine, podcasts, video and features. It was just another day in the office when the call came in. Just as I was pouring myself breakfast. What's your question? My question is, since whales are so big... Yes. ...but what they eat is so small, do whales have teeth? Hmm. Good question. This is a case for science detectives. Get me Matt Ward Aegis. Okay, so I am standing out here looking out to the Southern Ocean. And why am I doing that? You're probably wondering. Well, I'm doing it because it's whale watching season. Well, at least it's the tail end of it where I am, if you'll excuse the pun. And I am hoping to see the last whales of the season skimming past here where I'm standing. When I talk about whales, I am talking about whales like the humpback and right whales, which migrate back and forth between Antarctica and Australia's coastline every single year. During the Antarctic or Southern Hemisphere winter, they'll swim north to Australia's coastline to calve, to have their babies. And then they'll return back to Antarctica in the springtime to feed around those really cold Southern Ocean waters. Now, I'm recording this episode in September. So it's the time that we might be lucky enough to see the whales breaching the water's surface as they make their journey south to go and gorge on all that food down there. All of this has got me thinking about whales and what they eat. And do really big whales even need teeth when they've got big mouths, big throats, big stomachs, and their prey, I think, are really, really small. I'm Matthew Wardages, and this is Science Detectives, a podcast where we investigate the big and small questions in science. And today, we're going to dive into the big question of whether whales have teeth and how they chow down on all their food. What's necessary for eating? A functioning digestive system probably helps. But for mammals like us, teeth are particularly important. But when I think of a big blur or humpback whale, I can't imagine it's particularly easy to chew on all the food that goes into their mouth. It's a good time, therefore, to consider what we might actually know about whales and what they eat. Case files. Let's recap what we know about whales. They belong to the group of animals called cetaceans. This order of mammals includes all whales, dolphins, and porpoises. This order can be further broken down into two parvorders, the mysticetes and the odontocetes. Mysticetes are more commonly known as the baleen or whalebone whales. Odontocetes, odonto of course being Latin for tooth, are whales with teeth. This might be a clue to how they eat but it's also important to recap a few other things that we know. Whales are big. They're the biggest mammals on the planet today. The blue whale can grow to about 30 metres in length and weigh as much as 10 fully fuelled and passenger-laden metro buses. Some whales can live for a century, and as we've mentioned, some whales will migrate thousands of kilometres each year to hunt for food and have their kids. But We are talking about food, and whales eat a lot of it. 
In fact, it turns out some species eat much more than what we thought they did for a very long time. In 2021, American researchers published research in the journal Nature showing that baleen whales were eating three times as much as scientists previously thought. These researchers found this out by tagging around 300 whales and then using acoustic measurements to estimate how much food they were eating. For blue, fin and humpback whales, around 10 tonnes of food was eaten every day. That's about the weight of two elephants. So that's what we know about whales. But how do whales consume all of this food? To get to the bottom of it, I've sought out someone who has been working with whales for years. Dr. Catherine Kemper is a retired mammologist who's specialised in whales for more than three decades. I asked her straight out, do all whales have teeth like we do? So some types of whales have teeth and some have what's called baleen. Remember when I said there were two groups of whales within the cetacean order? One has teeth, but baleen... It's doing a different function and it's made out of the same material as your hair and your fingernails, so keratin basically. I find this fascinating because when I was a kid, I'd see pictures of blue whales or humpback whales with what I'd always assumed were teeth. It looked like the whales were grinning at the camera with many long, thin teeth in their smile. What I thought were teeth is actually baleen, the whale bone. And as Kath says, it's made up of the same material that makes up our hair and fingernails. Their ancestors had teeth, so back, say, 50 million years or so ago. And in their development as a fetus, you know, inside the mum, they do have these things called tooth buds which disappear. So that's one of the bits of evidence that told scientists that there was a relationship, there was a, a common ancestor between the toothed whales and dolphins and the baleen whales. So how do toothed whales use their teeth? Okay, so the toothed whales have teeth. The baleen whales sort of have teeth, teeth that disappear eventually or, or don't keep growing. Tell me about the toothed whales then. How do they use teeth? How do they use teeth to eat their food? Okay, so there's a whole range of different types and numbers of teeth depending on what the species is or the type of whale or dolphin you're talking about. So, for example, a killer whale, which eats other mammals and birds and things, is basically grasping heaps of uh, chunks of flesh and swallowing it. All whales and dolphins that have teeth don't chew in the same way that other mammals do. A common dolphin has lots of little teeth in its tooth rows, so up to actually 45 in each tooth row, so times that by four, because there's four tooth rows. Four times 45, that means a dolphin has 180 teeth. They are eating small fish that are schooling fish, so they get in big mobs. And all they need to do is grab those little things and get them down their, their, their throat. So they don't want great big teeth like a killer whale. They want little ones. All of the baleen whales eat small animals called plankton. Okay, get out your English to Greek dictionary. The word plankton comes from the Greek word pilanktos, which means wanderer. Plankton is not one species. It's just an umbrella term for a myriad of microscopic plants and animals. They are so small that they simply wander or drift through the ocean on currents and tides, rather than being able to move freely themselves. 
The animals, which are called zooplankton, include crustaceans such as shrimp-like copiapods, little tunicates or sea cucumbers, jellies, worms, anemones, and many, many, many more. Some, like humpback whales, actually eat small fish, but I'm talking quite small. So all these baleen plates are lined up. They hang from the upper jaw and they are lined up and they become, we're talking about hundreds in a single row. So there's two rows on the top jaw. They act as a big sieve. There's a gap between all of those plates that allows the water to flow through. But on the inside, there's these fringes. Depending on the species, again, sometimes they're really soft and woolly and sometimes they're quite coarse. And that fringe forms a big sieve that traps the food and the water goes through from the mouth, through the baleen plates and to the outside. Because, of course, they don't want to eat lots of salt water, right? Yuck. (laughs) Not good for anything. So they trap the food, either plankton or small fish, in their mouth. The throat is closed at the back. They then probably use their huge tongue to lift up all of that mass of food that they've taken and then get it into the throat. So what I'm imagining here is a bit like if you go to a swimming pool and you want to skim leaves off the top, you get your big net out and you run that through the water. That's a perfect analogy, actually. Yeah, that's good. But eating as a baleen whale is also adapted between different families of the species. Some, like the right and pygmy right whales, and bowhead whales are skimmers. So the skimmers go along with their mouth open, their huge mouth, and they've got very long, narrow baleen plates to increase the surface area, and they're basically constantly sieving, a little bit like your analogy with the pool and the the sieve. But then there are others, which Kath calls gulpers. Yep, they gulp their prey down. The gulpers have grooves on their throat outside that allows them to greatly expand that area in their mouth so that in expanding that area that they can take in the food and then the water and then get rid of the water that allows them to get a huge amount at once because they're blowing up their throat if you like or their mouth. I need to see these baleen plates and fortunately Kath has been able to show me some specimens from the South Australian Museum collection. So what am I looking at here? This is an adult, one plate out of an adult. They're called racks. Mm -hmm. Each size is called a rack. So I'm looking at about an 80 centimetre, I'm going to call it a wedge. It's a, it almost looks like a, 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 a right angled triangle. Yeah. And it's got, can I touch it? Yeah, yeah. Would it be wrong to say that it feels like a big fingernail? It's made of keratin, I suppose. It is. And coming out from the, I'm going to call it the hypotenuse, is fibrous, it looks like hair. It's not hair. It is hair-like in its structure, but it's not, you know how hair comes from a follicle? Mm. Okay, this doesn't come from a follicle, so its growth is quite different. It's actually the edge of the plate. And if you saw the whole rack together, you'd say it looks like wool, actually, Mm. because it's really quite long. And where would we find this within the whale? You have to pretend I'm a whale. And there are 230-ish or 235 of these plates on each side. This is a long one, so this will be a central one. There'll be shorter ones up the front Mm -hmm. and shorter ones up the back. So Mm -hmm. the longest ones are in the middle of the row. 
So if you think of all of those 230 or 40 plates all hanging together, you know, a few millimeters apart, it forms this huge sieve. Close your eyes and imagine these plates are all lined up with just a tiny gap between them. As water rushes through, tiny sea life gets wedged on one side, allowing the whale to lick it down its throat. To learn what these whales eat though, scientists can use something special. It's called isotopic analysis, and they use it to determine what's been sucked down into a whale's stomach. So I use the tissue samples from whales to understand what they eat and specifically their baleen plates. This is Dr Adelaide Dedden. She's a researcher at UNSW and looked into the migration and diet of pygmy right whales. So how do you find out what a whale's been eating? As that tissue grows, like your fingernails, it will assimilate these chemical signals that reflect what they eat. You get this signal that becomes trapped We're talking molecular-level detective work here. Nitrogen and carbon embedded in the baleen can tell researchers a lot about what a whale eats. Nitrogen signatures reflect the trophic level a whale feeds at. Trophic levels are the hierarchy of a food web. The first trophic level are the producers, plants that make their own food from sunlight. At the second level are the primary consumers, animals that eat the producers. At the third are the secondary consumers, which eat the primary consumers, and so on. You get the picture. And when you have specific data, it can tell you the exact prey that they're they're feeding on. So say we know the value of a species of krill within a certain region, and then we then look at the nitrogen value of the whale. If that matches up, then we know that that's the prey species that they're consuming. In general lower trophic prey will have lower nitrogen levels. As larger predators at higher trophic levels eat those lower on the food chain, the nitrogen is absorbed into these bigger animals. What about carbon? Whereas carbon, the carbon value of a whale can tell you rough regions on where the whale is feeding. So this can be differences between low latitude regions, mid-latitude regions and high-latitude regions. So there's this kind of carbon gradient at the base of the food chain. And when these whales migrate across these different gradients in carbon and consume prey in different regions, that's what you're picking up within the isotope values of the whale. Adelaide recently led a study that found pygmy right whales, the same species that produced the baleen that Kath showed me, don't really migrate like other baleen whales. And she did this by analysing the stable carbon isotopes in their baleen plates. And because baleen plates are generally quite long, they provide this really long-term record, which is quite unique to have of a consumer. Everything you've just said, all I can think about is tree rings. That's a great analogy to compare it with a tree ring. So when tree rings grow out of the tree trunk, it's not as visible within a baleen plate. So you see these kind of growth rings on the baleen plate, but what we see through the isotopes is is these beautiful oscillation patterns that become annual. So one one oscillation within the entire baleen plate is represented of one year. And that that change in enrichment and depletion is reflecting of either feeding and fasting within an animal or feeding within low-latitude regions versus high-latitude regions during their annual migration or during, you know, seasonal patterns in their, like, changes in feeding behaviour. Let's recap. 
baleen whales will most often filter feed krill or zooplankton or small fish, and they do this by filtering their prey from seawater using their intricate baleen plates. Toothed whales are a bit more like us though. They have rows of teeth to rip apart their prey. Things like fish, squid, octopus, crustaceans, even other marine mammals like seals, and hopefully not humans, and swallow it straight down. And just as scientists can tag whales to work out the mass of food they're eating, as Adelaide tells us, they can measure stable isotopes to work out what species make up their prey. All this talk of food is making me very hungry. That's it for this episode of Science Detectives, a podcast from Cosmos. If you're interested in more marine science, you can head to cosmosmagazine.com slash ultramarine. The Ultramarine Project focuses on research and innovation in marine environments and is supported by the Mindaroo Foundation's Flourishing Oceans Initiative. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you could drop us a rating and a review on your favourite podcast app. It helps to get more interesting science to more people. We've also popped some useful links and other information about whales in the description for this episode so that you can check more out. If you have a question for the science detectives, head to cosmosmagazine.com slash science detectives and put your question in the form. If we think you've got a case, we'll get our best people onto it. This episode of Science Detectives was presented by me, Matthew Wardages. Production by Helen Karakulak. Science Detectives is a podcast from Cosmos. For more science news, check out cosmosmagazine.com. Listener.